You are listening to the voice of Daryl Bennett and welcome to another installment of the Daryl Bennett Experience. Higher learning, where we discuss everything from government and law to business, finance, and entrepreneurship to current events and spirituality. I promise you, your life will never be the same. Today, we're discussing breaking news concerning the Attorney General of New York's announcement of charges against Mr. Trump and his family. We are discussing the charges and overview of the case, as well as potential defenses, along with where potentially the case could go. If you're interested in law, policy, or politics, I think you might want to listen to this. Tune in. Everyone, today we are going to be talking about uh, President Trump or former President Trump and the uh, uh, breaking news of the Attorney General of New York. I want to be very clear here. This is not an editorialization. I'm not giving my opinion. I just want to really just put on my, uh, you know, former attorney hat here and just discuss the case itself, as well as the charges that were announced, um, defenses, potential defenses, as well as where this could go. This is really a fascinating case for anybody um, that has been following the investigation and anybody really that's just interested in law, policy, politics, and the interplay, and, uh, particularly when you have different wheels of government kind of um, at odds with itself. And that's what you see here. You're seeing politics, you're seeing policy, you're seeing law, and you're seeing the interpretation of those things. So I kind of want to break all that down at the beginning. Um, first and foremost, what you saw today was uh, the res or the continuation of one of the, uh, I don't want to say case because not everything that President Trump is dealing with is a case. And I'm just going to say president because they retain the title and it's just easier for me to remember. All right. Uh, President Trump has had a number of uh, investigations against him. And that's the first place that I want to start. It can be a bit confusing for the listener or watcher and it's like well wait a minute i thought it was this investigation i thought it was that one well there's several because remember there's several jurisdictions um there's state there's federal there's local and then of course there's many states and there's many local jurisdictions uh so there's a number of investigations that are happening simultaneously we know that there is investigation that's going on around the involvement around january 6th today we won't be discussing that we know that there is an investigation that is going on around uh potential involvement of Russia and uh, misuse of campaign finances. We're not going to be talking about that here either. Today, we're going to be centering our discussion not on the federal um, investigations involving him or his family, or, or even some things happening in different states, but particularly in the state of New York. The state of New York has been investigating him and his family for, and the Trump organization for a number of years. What you saw today with the Attorney General of New York announcing these charges was her speaking on behalf of New York. That's all she can speak on behalf of. Be very clear, this is not federal. This is the state of New York that is issuing civil charges. I wanna be very clear about that as well. This is not a criminal charge. There is no arrest that is pending as a result of this. 
Uh, I don't know what's going to go down the line, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but I want to start with that here so we're very clear. First of all, this is state. This is, has no bearing on what's going on with the Russia investigation federally or what's going on with January 6th federally. This is only the state of New York's dealings with the Trump organization within New York State. And this also, though in, you know, all, you know, in New York, we established that first, um, is also only, I want to be clear here, only dealing with civil. There were no criminal charges that were issued. So that's the first point I want to make. Okay. The Attorney General of New York made a number of uh, allegations. And I say that word very clearly here because we do live in a country where you are innocent until proven guilty. So uh, President Trump has not been uh, either uh, convicted on any crime or, you know, certainly. So these are allegations. There are allegations that concern a number of uh, uh, issues surrounding essentially fudging of numbers. I'm just paraphrasing here. And the changing of valuation of his properties, as well as um, other assets in his control uh, in order to, one, get more loans to uh, present himself in a way that he was not uh, so let me just kind of run down this list because uh, watched the press conference several times and of course consulted with some of my, you know, folks that are in, you know, just positions of either government or uh, in law in these areas. And I just kind of wanted to, to test some of my thoughts against theirs. But let's kind of walk through this. Uh, the first thing is that I have written down here is that, so let me cover this about the, the criminal charges because Somebody's listening and is saying, well, Daryl, no, she did say something about criminal charges. What she said was that they are referring criminal charges to the IRS and to the Southern District of New York. So we'll deal with that later if we have time. What that just means is that is a referral. That means that her agency has not issued criminal charges, but has referred that criminal charges should be uh, issued um, and in, in, in the case of either lie, both lying uh, to authorities as well as bank fraud. Um, but the really summation of her press conference and the large majority of it had to deal with the fact that uh, essentially she is alleging that President Trump over a series of years, mind you, this was a three-year investigation, over a series of years made himself out to be more than what he was financially. And you might be listening and saying, well, why does that matter? Well, now we're kind of getting into the charge part of it. And so when I say charge, there are charges, but there's civil charges. So suing. So let me not say charge. He's suing. Um, the problem isn't so much just that you're telling people you're worth something that you're not. The problem becomes uh, if indeed those that certain numbers were given to either bank authorities or loan officials or financial services or somewhere in the course of business that allowed you to get um, financial gain where you otherwise would not, that's where it becomes a problem. So what essentially she's laying down is that these were not honest mistakes, but outright lies by both Mr. Trump uh, and his family, as well as those in his employ that were representing him. Um, and you might wonder, well, what was the scope of these lies that she's alleging? And, you know, 
one of the things that really stuck out in my mind as I listened to the press conference on a number, like I said, I listened to it several times and just found it interesting for a number of reasons. But one of the things she kept bringing up is the different properties that Mr. Trump um, owns. And as you know, he owns a lot of properties around the country. Um, but as it stands, the person who owns the properties gets the opportunity to represent that valuation to authorities, both government authorities on tax returns, um, as well as bank authorities to get loans. And what she's alleging is that, you know, basically he lied about those things. He lied and said that in the case of the triplex that he owns here in New York, that triplex uh, was based on numbers of saying that he had, it was 30,000 square feet, she alleges that, well, she says that this is what he put on one of the returns. And just check this out, follow with me for a second. He put the, it was 10, 30,000 square feet, this triplex, this three level, uh, you know, apartment that he owns in New York. What she is saying is that it was actually 11,000 square feet. So roughly a third of what he said. Well, you might ask, why does that matter? It matters because when he said 30,000 square feet, some level of calculation goes into that and spits out a number. And because of that, it now values, and he, and it repre he represented himself as valuing this triplex at $324 million when not only one has no apartment ever gone for that uh, in America, let alone New York, uh, but that number is probably uh, at least, sh she's saying four to five times the valuation of what it actually is. Another example was Mar-a-Lago, Mar Mar which is valued at roughly the same, about 370 million. And there were professional uh, inspectors and appraisers that went in and actually said that it was only about 70 million. Um, but, you know, they went on and still represented it as being that. So I just wanted to, without beating a dead horse, I wanted to just give you the scope. Uh, she says that they lied about assets. When I say lied again, I'm talking about him, his family, particularly, his, specifically, she called out his children, as well as. Um, those in his, in his employee lied about assets, cash on hand, uh, investments, um, as well as property valuations and those sorts of things. And it resulted in great financial gain to him. As a result, one, she is requesting suing. So I probably shouldn't have said charges at all at the beginning. She is suing, she is suing for an amount of $250 million. She is also asking for relief in this sense that um, his, oh, so let me finish what she has direct, she has direct authority to uh, decree that the Trump organization not be eligible for any loans by any financial institution that's registered in New York. That happens effective immediately. But she has also, uh, in addition to, and I've already said this before, recommended um, that uh, the, um, the IRS and the Southern District of New York issue criminal charges against the family uh, and, and Mr. Trump is she is also um, asking that the courts of New York State, so follow with me, don't get confused, we're back, in, we're back in New York, but now we're moving from which she is, which is the executive branch, 
to the uh, judicial branch. Um, she is asking for the state judicial courts, or the judicial the courts, to bar uh, Mr. Trump as well as his children. Um, that's Ivanka, Eric, and I think Don Jr. from holding any office in New York City, excuse me, any office on a board of director uh, or in, in any company uh, uh, in New York City, in New York State, excuse me. Uh, they're also asking for, okay, you know, these children sit on boards. I had a couple things written down. Alan Weiss, Weisselberg, who is one of the chief people that was in the employee of Mr. Trump, uh, be excluded as well from uh, all of the things that they're asking uh, Mr. Trump and his children to be excluded from. So that's just some of the things there. You can watch a press conference on its own, but let's get into some of the legality of this. So again, like I said, and I want to reiterate, there has been, there could be no arrest from this as it stands here because there have been no criminal charges filed. So let's start there. Everybody listening. There is not anything federally happening from this uh, this is only state, although this is going to have some implications, and, and we're going to get into that really quickly in a second. Uh, we already talked about him being sued for the $250 million, um, as well as what's really kind of is the big kicker. Being barred from receiving loans, his company, himself, his children, that's big. Uh, that's big because that essentially locks him out of the banking system, uh, which, is a, which is how he's made his, you know, his fortune. Um, so that's, that's, that's problematic. As far as the defenses, now, like I said, I might do a whole nother podcast on my opinion. This is not about my opinion here. I just want to be very, my factual opinion. I am going to give legally, uh, I want to opine here on a few things that are happening. The, the summation is that there are definitely politics seem to be adrift here because legally, um, the essential charge is he lied about numbers to get money he wouldn't have already had. Okay, so that's a clear charge, um, you know, or clear. When I say charge, that's the clear premise here, the underlying premise of the lawsuit, as well as the referral of, you know, criminal charges to. Um, these other bodies who can then choose whether to follow up and make an arrest. Let me be clear. They can choose, you know, so there are those implications there. The problem is that um, <laughs> these are essentially things that many people in business have done and are doing. When I say that, it's fudging of numbers. Um, so the question becomes, why him? But that still is a political thing. Let's get right to the law part of it. I think there's a lot of defenses here that's going to come up. Uh, and again, I'm just shooting out 30,000 feet here because I don't know the nuts and bolts of the investigation, obviously, because I'm not privy to that. Um, and I don't know Mr. Trump's legal team because I'm not privy to that. But this is what I would say. What I would say is that um, legally, this is an uphill battle for his team uh, because there are a number of resources that are going to be put into this. They would not have charged a former president where they not have thought they had a lot of uh, evidence against him. So this is this is going to be big. Um, win, lose, or draw for Mr. Trump. Somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. This is now the former president of the United States. You need to see this here uh, versus um 
you know, his former home state. This is big, you know, you know, versus the wealthiest state in the country. I mean, this is this is this is big. So one of the defenses I'm sure that's going to come up is that when we start talking about property valuations, you know, what you value and what I value are many different things. Now, of course, the AG has the attorney general, AG for sure, has made comments around, well, the the uh, professionals uh, who were consulting, consulting Mr. Trump in, in some case were in his employ gave a much lower valuation and he chose to give a higher one. Uh, yes, that could be the case, but that still might not rise to the level of uh, illegality. For one of the facts, and she brought it up herself, they're brand premiums, meaning what? Uh, essentially, he says the building or someone says the building is worth 50 million, but now because his name is on it, people think the building's worth more. Everybody says it's worth more. The question is, what is it worth? Well, he thinks it's worth 100 million. You know, uh, some might say that that's preposterous. But once we get into the world of valuation being what you and I think, this becomes a real amorphous area. Now, again, let's bang balance to this. If he lied about things like square footage and they're able to prove that, well, then he's gonna, it's gonna be hard to do that because you can't, I mean, that's not something that you can set. That's not, you know, a hot or cold type thing. I mean, you the square footage is the square footage. Um, so, you know, again, and that would be maybe her comeback here you know, or the defense or the state of New York's comeback that, well, you know, these valuations, though maybe brand premiums played a part in it, these valuations were also mainly grounded in numbers that we know were fudged. So it, this is going to come down to were numbers fudged, were they, I, I don't mean valuations higher than what we think they should be. Did he overinflate the value of what his name meant on things? That's not what I'm talking about here. If it rests on that, the case will fall apart. But I think the three years was about them really showing an outright pattern of deception, an outright pattern of putting things down that were not, that they knew were not the case. You know, she brought up the fact that there were different methods that they were using to evaluate similar properties in his portfolio, in some cases during the same year. Okay, that's problematic. I mean, that's going to be problematic. So, you know, for him, again, for him. So without sticking too long on that, uh, let's talk about next steps and what does that look like? Now, y'all know I have a very interesting history here. I've been both... Um, you know, on the side of having been an attorney. And I've also been on the other side where I've seen how the penal system works and operates. Um, and, the, and, the, and this is essentially what he's caught up in. Though, yes, someone who's listening and very clear on, you know, attention to detail will say, Daryl, you just said penal and penal's criminal and this isn't criminal. Yes, but I would say um, with all of the things that are being thrown out, and being put into the public sphere, I think it's only a matter of time before there is a uh, a some level of criminal um, charge that is levied against either him or his family. Um, so it, it's already happened against some of those in, in his employ. But I think we're now just looking for and waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, I don't think that the Attorney General of New York, on her own on their own as a government entity would have made this historic, this is historic, an unprecedented move without having had the blessing of the federal government. So, 
you know, in federal government, I mean agencies within the government that pretty much say we got your back. Now I can tell you this, how this works for people who don't have status, stature, money, influence, power, whatever, but get caught up in a number of cases in, their, in different jurisdictions, which is, which is essentially what he's dealing with. Because Mr. Trump is dealing with something in Florida on a state level, something in New York in a state level, and at least two federal things happening. So when, when I consult with people who are dealing with this, the first thing that I say is, the problem with this is that when one shoe drops in any of the four, or any of the three or you know multiplicity of cases that you have going on other things get affected also you have to understand that the higher you go and i say the higher you go the higher profile and i do work with some folks at a high profile of course things are very private the higher you go they are when i say they these government agencies are working in communication with each other to make certain absolutely certain that their their back is covered meaning what New York jurisdiction, I, you know, I had one client I was working with, and it was certain that New York that um, was, was, was talking with federal authorities. And I don't just mean they referred it in the very technical sense, these charges. No, they were working hand in hand with prosecutors on the federal side um, to ensure that they had an airtight case on the state side. This is the other thing that I advise my client there, not tell people this. And when I say client, I don't have legal clients because I do not practice law in the state of New York. Uh, however, I did practice law within Maryland. And so what I do now is work in some cases consulting with people on the legal process. So I'm gonna be very clear about that. The process of how to get through it, how to navigate it, how to come out of it on top, how to win, how to win. So if that's you, you need to reach out to me. If that's somebody that's in your family, you need to reach out to me. But this is the other thing that I consult with, that I tell people who are dealing you know, with multi, a multiplicity of jurisdictions is that you have to know that they also are looking not just to see the other moves, excuse me, that they're not just communicating with each other, but in some cases, one jurisdiction is sort of like testing out the case. So at this level, I, what's probably happening is the other jurisdictions, meaning federal, and when I say jurisdiction, I don't mean just federal as a whole. So federal becomes different jurisdictions. The, you know, the IRS, the FBI, the DEA, whatever numbers of things that are looking at them, they, I'm sure, are looking at New York State right now to see what's working, what's not, how the public reacts, because we haven't talked about that, there's that aspect of it, to know how they need to follow up. So let's tackle that really quickly. There is the public aspect. There is the fact that uh, Mr. Trump is a high profile individual and he has a high profile uh, voice platform. So what comes with that is uh, I have seen this both on the side of those I've worked with who've gotten ensnared by the legal system and with those that I've worked with who are in the legal system as being you know, the, the law enforcement, the, the judicial officers. You can make sure they are, you know, crossing every T and dotting every I to the extent that they can because they know many eyes are on them. So I just reiterate that so you know and you are aware that this is an investigation that would have had a lot of people that are attached to it. She already admit, uh, said that it was at least three years. I could not imagine the amount of time, manpower, hours, scrutiny. This would have been at the highest levels and is at the highest levels. So what happens now? Well, it's a waiting game. You do know that there has been a referral by 
uh, the AG, I'm wrapping up here, but next steps, referral on those criminals uh, to SDNY. So look to the SDNY. Does the federal, and that's the federal um, prosecutors uh, in, in Manhattan, are they going to pick it up? They'll, they deal with the criminal side. Uh, they deal with civil too, but they, do, they deal with charges. So, uh, but they deal on the federal side. Uh, so keep that, watch to see what happens there. Um, they also ask that the state, I already said that, bar his children from, and him from different boards. And uh, so there's a waiting game to see what happens there. She's gonna file that within the courts. It's public information to see what happens there. Um, as far as his response, his lawyers have already responded and said that these are allegations and that they're gonna defend themselves. And I'm sure they will. He has the benefit of the best attorneys. And there are a number of things here that certainly um, any, any body that's you know studied law or an attorney worth their salt will tell you that there are a number of ways that uh, someone defending themselves against said charges will would uh, conduct themselves certainly um, and there's a lot of things here that you know though there are some very serious allegations there's a lot of things here that would lead um, someone to say well, but there's the other side as well um, and so you can certainly watch to see that play out over the coming days, weeks, months, and well, I'm going to go ahead and say it, years, years, because I don't think this is going away anytime soon uh, for either Mr. Trump or his family. Enough on that. Uh, if you know someone or if you yourself are listening and you say, you know what, I am caught up in something legally and I need some help, you need to reach out to me. Uh, again, I don't give legal advice because I do not practice law in the state of New York, but I do help people through the legal process. I help people with the ways that even the attorneys don't know how, um, because there's ways to navigate the system. And when I say the system, I'm not just talking about the penal system part, but I'm talking about even the legal system. Uh, I've seen it from the highest levels. And I understand that there's ways and that's where policy comes in. And that's where, and this is where I'll end, my uh, criminal law professor in law school. Uh, those of you that know, you know, I went to Harvard Law School and the professor, she comes in and she teaches us, this is day one, she teaches us this and I'll never forget this. So I'll pass this on to you here, free lesson. She said, there's the law and then and she was very dramatic, have really silky black hair. Um, she turns her hair sharply and her head sharply and her hair kind of swivels with it. She says, there's the law. And then she turns her hair swiftly. And she says, and then there's the shadow of the law. That's what I'll leave you with. Because this case, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just about the law, but it's the shadow of the law. In every case, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just about the law, but it's about the shadow of the law. And that's why people call me, because I know not just about the law, <laughs> but through experience and wisdom, I know about the shadow of the law. All right, I'll leave you there. Have a great day. Peace.